So uh, my son and I were watching Charlie Brown Christmas the other day. Have you ever seen Charlie Brown Christmas? I have. Charlie Brown would be like the best guest to have on our show. Uh, if it if it was possible, why like a, a cartoon character? If we could have him on the show, he would be good. You think? Totally, because like you know, you watch the show. It's just obvious that he has his trolls. You know, he's he's sort of this nervous kid who lacks. He doesn't really have a lot of self confidence. Like he never gets a Valentine's Day card. Uh, when he goes trick or treating, he gets like rocks in his bag, and then no one sends him a Christmas card. But he always has this like odd optimism. Like um, it's like it's like he knows his trolls, but he's. He's not just a loser and like doesn't try. Right. He keeps going after it. And right. and I and I found this on Wikipedia and it says he shows both pessimistic and optimistic attitudes. On some days he's reluctant to even go outside because his day might be spoiled, but on others he seems hopeful for the best and tries as much as he can to accomplish things. And I thought, hey, that's a good definition of don't feed the trolls, right? Yeah, it sounds like Charlie Brown is a good look into the mind of any artist starving trolls and hoping to get some stuff done. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, it goes back to Schultz, right? Right, the creator. So if we got Charlie Brown on the show, what do you think he would say or talk about? Mm, good question. Uh, <laughs> well, there's all these themes, right? So he can, he can never kick the football, right? <laughs> Lucy's always pulling it back, and he's smart, so he he knows like she's gonna do this, and you know there are certain things in your life, but you're just you just can't help but I don't know fail. And the last one I saw, she said, "Yeah, I have I have a note, I have a I have a contract, a signed contract," and he's like, "A signed contract," and she gives it to him, and then he at the end he she pulls it and he falls on his back, and she says, "Yeah, interesting thing, the contract was never notarized," you know. <laughs> he's always getting screwed. And that's what I love about it. It's like there's all this adult humor wrapped up in it where like things I didn't I didn't know what that meant as a kid. And no, now I notary public. So Charles Schultz wrote the shows and then the producer said that Charlie Brown was and is the ultimate survivor in overcoming bulliness. Wow. But I like that phrase ultimate survivor. Right. So Charlie Brown starves his trolls and he's always willing to take a chance and put himself out there even though he doesn't have much success. And even though people are going to pick on him, there's something more to him. That's what you're saying. Schultz, you know, the creator of Charlie Brown, said that uh, he represents every person. Right. And most people can identify with losing rather than winning. And you were talking about in your EP you just made how Christmas is kind of a sad time for some people. So you didn't want to make this happy Christmas album. You want to make a sad right. album. And I kind of, you know, being the uh, visionary that I am, kind of saw these things coming together going, this would be a good episode. All right. Talk about Charlie Brown, you know. So anyway. So is it Charlie Brown, or are we talking about Schultz then? Is he writing himself into his comic strip? I think it's both. I think uh, some people suggested that, and I think Schultz even said that himself, because in the comic, Charlie Brown is actually a cartoonist. I didn't know that, but he's always c collecting comics, and his dad's a barber and his mom's a housewife, so both of them. I kind of feel like Charlie Brown is this thing he created as like art, but it's kind of therapy for him. Right. And Lucy's always behind the booth, and you know she gives him five cents for psychiatric help. <laughs> It's so funny that she's like the cause of all of his psychiatric pain, but she, uh, for five cents, will uh, will give him therapy for it. <laughs> exactly, and I always thought that was funny. Is like, is Schultz is Schultz admitting in his comic like he's just got a lot of trolls. Yeah. He's starving and fighting. Right. So, what does this have to do with Christmas? Yes, ma'am. Mortis insecure. Yes, that's a word I'm well acquainted with. 
Insecure. I-N-S-E-C-U-R-E. Christopher Caldwell, an American journalist for The Wall Street Journal and New York Times, said, What makes Charlie Brown such a rich character is that he's not purely a loser. The self-loathing that causes him so much anguish is decidedly not self-effacement. Charlie Brown is optimistic enough to think he can earn a sense of self-worth, and his willingness to do so by exposing himself to humiliations is the dramatic engine that drives the strip. The greatest of Charlie Brown's virtues is his resilience, which is to say his courage. Charlie Brown is ambitious. He manages the baseball team. He's the pitcher, not a scrub. He may be a loser, but he's, strangely, a leader at the same time. This makes his mood swings truly bipolar in their magnificence. He vacillates not between kinda happy and kinda unhappy, but between being a hero and being a goat. Through his characters, Schultz brought humor to taboo themes such as faith, intolerance, depression, loneliness, cruelty, and despair. His characters were contemplative. They spoke with simplicity and force. They made smart observations about literature, art, classical music, theology, medicine, psychiatry, sports, and the law. Actually, Lucy, my trouble is Christmas. I just don't understand it. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. Sort of let down. Sort of let down. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Nate. And we want to welcome you to Don't Feed the Trolls, a podcast where we discuss trending topics, art, and culture through the lens of our experiences touring the world and creating art vocationally. We hope to bring topics out of the minefield of the comments sections and into the sphere of reasonable dialogue. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, a podcast where we try before we buy. That's right. The holidays can be a tough time for a lot of people. Everyone running around buying stuff, the perfect life being displayed on the TV screen. But it's not always the most wonderful time of year, and we think it's important to talk about it. And uh, it seems to be one or the other. Some people love Christmas, love the holidays. Some people hate the holidays. Uh, And I'm going to go out on a limb with my understanding of how Schultz wanted us to see Charlie Brown, how that can teach us to have a better Christmas this holiday season in some sort of odd way. But first, why do you think so many people get depressed over the holidays, Matt? Well, I think the holidays, whether you're whatever your religion you are, it's, it's about family and coming together. And I think that can evoke a lot of emotions um, because I think sometimes you know, family isn't as good as, as what you would like it to be. And maybe there's some, some broken marriages or maybe there's some deaths and people that you miss around the holidays because that's when you spend time with people. And then also it can throw, I think it can throw people into, uh, because of the religious nature of holy days, um, it can toss people into uh, a bit of a spiral when it comes to uh, existential crisis. And, and are we really getting this right? Is this really what this means? Yeah. You know, consumerism. Or um, what kind of we we've made it to in in Western culture, so I think uh, I mean I'm I'm one of those people who I can't do this. Like, are we just buying presents? Is like is that what this is? And yeah. it, it does it does make me feel a little sad sometimes to see what it's all come to. Um, and that's why I try to focus on the stuff that matters. What's going on here? 
What's this? Find the true meaning of Christmas? When money, 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 spectacular, super colossal, neighborhood Christmas lights and display contest. Lights and display contest? Oh, no. My own dog gone commercial. I can't stand it. Oh. I feel like for me, I mean, a lot of people get that seasonal uh, affective disorder, so they get a little bit of... Yeah, my wife especially. They get that little, like, lack of vitamin D flowing, get a little sad. Right. Uh, I, I think for you and I, I share sort of a common background. Sure. We grew up, we knew what Christmas was all about. We were definitely told what Christmas was all about everywhere we were going, every sermon, everything. It, it seems like it was made a point, like, this is what Christmas is really about. Right. You know, you see a guy like Schultz who's got this comic strip, he's got this media, he's got this platform, his band, so to speak. Right. But he takes sort of a, uh, I don't know, interesting avenues to deliver his themes of what he wants to talk about. So Charlie Brown's this character who's depressed in A Charlie Brown Christmas, and then he kind of goes around and all the characters are like, really like Lucy's like, I always get a lot I get of stupid toys or a bicycle or clothes or something like that. What is it you want? Real estate. <laughs> Very adult. Yeah, it's like he's calling out, you know, it just like, and even like the creator of Calvin Hobbes said that he was a huge inspiration to him because he's so witty and so funny. Right. Calling out all these adults, like, yeah, you, you know, you have all this stuff, but really you're sad because you don't have more real estate. You don't have more stuff or more valuable stuff. Yeah. To go back to that, though, I, I think it's just a unique blend. But how do you think, like, the religious folks then get it wrong? Because we obviously know how consumerism is wrong, but how does. Right. The, the religious side of this whole story sort of get it wrong. Well, I can't really speak to Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or other religious traditions because I come out of the Christian tradition, but I think we get it wrong when we look at a very 2D message of uh, Jesus' birth, where it's like there's a, there's the focus on the star and the wise men, and the and there's the focus on the animals and the stable, and then and then because the wise men brought gifts, then we get gifts like. We get gifts for other people, but like for our kids, it's most, mostly about like making a list of things that I want and then getting those things. And somehow that's supposed to be tied to the birth of Jesus. And I'm like, that doesn't, it doesn't all add up. Yeah. I mean, if the, if, if, if the whole nature of Jesus is a gift, you know, a gift for humanity to teach humanity a, a, a new way and to redeem humanity. Then yeah. uh, I don't, I don't get where we get the presence under the tree. I think there's a, <laughs> there's a bit of a disconnect there. What about the trolls? A lot of times, I think uh, you see things like movies like God's Not Dead and Save Christmas and all that stuff. <laughs> like sort of this, yeah, the war on Christmas. What do you think about that? We can riff about that for a second. Sure. Well, for those who are privileged, I mean, we've been privileged in this country to be part of the dominant religion is so anytime that the social consciousness uh becomes aware that there are other people being hurt by our obsession with christmas because maybe they don't celebrate it so w whenever the social consciousness goes okay let's say happy holidays because that person might be a jew and every time you say merry christmas to them it, it could make them feel like an outsider like they don't get to celebrate what everyone else is celebrating and so we'll just we'll just bless them and say Happy holiday, whatever holiday you're, you're, you know, we'll have that season's cheer for them. So, what the, the typical response is to go, No, I'm going to say Merry Christmas. I'm going to say Merry, I'm going to wish you. my holy day on that person. 
yeah. which which can be passive aggressive, divisive, and alienating, and not really bring us together. And and so I think just being aware of other people. So anyway, so if if, if we've we've held a position of privilege being Christmas celebrators um, in our country for years and years and years, and I think what the war on Christmas is all about is that it feels like oppression when people try to take away. Um, some of your dominant privilege. When people try to say, listen, saying Merry Christmas might be hurtful to some people who have never celebrated Christmas, don't even know what it's about, and and are, are, are you know, it might separate you from those people. So let's let's try to be connected and wish everybody whatever their holy day is. But I think the, the backlash to that is we're losing our privilege as the dominant holiday, huh. and that feels like oppression to people. It feels like they're taking away our Christmas as we've remembered it. What is the ultimate fear there that like we will go back to being like a pagan country and then yeah. like, if well, you yeah. do practice like Christmas, you're gonna get killed or thrown in prison? Well, the odd thing about that, and that's another thing where religious folks get it wrong, I think, is that you know the whole nature of Christianity is like a humble power under serving of people. And it's meeting people where they are, exactly where they are, and just loving them. That's the whole nature of Christ's message. Um, you know, a humble baby born in a manger, um, you know, of, of remedial existence, uh, coming out and serving the poor and the outsiders and not hanging out with the religious elite. Um, it's a power under structure. Like Jesus washes his own disciples' feet in an act of humility and generosity and mercy and love. And we have this idea in our heads in America that, like, no, Christianity should be a power over thing. The authority structures should mandate that we protect this holiday, we protect our religion, and we make sure mm. that it retains political power in our country. And I think that's probably where I think we go wrong. We're acting as if Jesus should have been born the son of Caesar— the king, yeah. And he started this whole revolution and then mandated that the whole country follow this holiday in a specific way. Yeah. It's like, it's weird. In America, we just, we have this weird knee-jerk reaction almost. Like, we've got to force it down people's throats. We've got to say Merry Christmas. We can't say Xmas. This idea that we need to maintain the power structures in our political system and we need to save Christmas from being taken away is really just... It's it's not only ill-informed as far as how how the Christ message spreads, but it's also it's 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 totally backwards to the power under nature of Jesus, mm. which is I I will wash your feet, mm. you know, and it's subversive. It's underneath. It's not no. We're gonna mandate. We're gonna dominate. We're gonna maintain control. Yeah. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? It's like if you love something, you let it go almost. You don't have to hold so tightly. Like I think of relationships I was in early on in my life. It was like if, if, if the girl like w didn't hang out with me between classes one time during the day, I freaked out. Like, oh, it's over with. She's, she's gone. It's over. You know, I had this. <laughs> she's, just, she's just like taking a dump. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it like, turns out like she had to stay after class and talk to the teacher because she got like a bad grade or something. And I'm like <laughs> thinking about myself the whole time. And I think that's that, that's a lot of it. A root of it is we're all kind of thinking about ourselves. We're protecting our identity and we're like, our, our identity is in crisis here. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're losing Christmas. No, you celebrate whatever you want. It's religious freedom. It's just in a social context, we have to be aware that other people don't celebrate that exact holiday. And so, um, and just having empathy for that and understanding and reaching out and going, you know, what is it you're celebrating? And, and maybe we can form a connection. But I think it becomes divisive. I, and, and uh, you know, I read this um, online today. Our, our boy Stan Mitchell oh. posted something. Uh, and he and he goes, the willingness of Christians to say happy holidays is actually a very effective way to keep Christ in Christmas. Huh. To humble yourself, to be aware of other people, to meet them where they're at, is actually a, an effective way to be or keep Christ or be in the way of Christ in Christmas. Because Jesus did not force feed sinners the correct and, you know, true path. Yeah. He met with yeah. them and ate with them and was was known as a friend of those outsiders. So I mean, yeah, reach out. Well, I think that's what I was trying to say is that when you're when you're thinking about yourself, when it's between classes and you're worried about what's going on with this girl you like, as you get older in relationships and you start to understand most of the fights in your relationships with people stem out of you're just thinking about yourself the whole time. And then you go, "Oh, if I was thinking about her and her problem and her situation, we would have grown closer because I'm, I'm I'm considering others first before I consider myself, and right. and that's always been hard for me in relationships because I'm sensitive, emotional, and whenever that feels out of balance, I immediately go, "Oh, something happened." It's about me. It's about me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I focus on myself all the time. And and and, and to, right. it's and to, about me and my holiday. They're trying to take my holiday from me, man. <laughs> and, and and we're a pagan nation now, going downhill, and we are we are we are terrible. Right. So Charlie Brown in, in in the movie gets a little bit fed up with commercialism going around. And then Linus pipes in and says, he's like, I don't know what Christmas is all about. And then Linus has this moment where he's on stage and the, the lights come low and he, and he tells the true Christmas story. Right. And so Linus, I guess, is supposed to be uh, Schultz's like spiritual side. That's Linus like his, is like the mystic, yeah. the, like the prophet. <laughs> and it's yeah. funny because he's like the baby, right? Well, he's got his own problems. They're best friends. He carries around his blanket. Right, right. He's got his, you know, <laughs> yeah. his security blanket. And Charlie Brown's kind of always depressed and anxious. And so they both have like these these problems, but they're best buddies. But but so so Linus chimes in and he's like kind of the wise friend. He says, This is what Christmas is about. And I and I thought it was interesting that in the middle of it, basically Linus lays out the, you know, the Christmas story. Right. The gospel, if you will. Um but Charlie Brown isn't he's the main character. He's not doing it, right? It's his right. buddy. So I kind of feel like Charlie Brown's in the middle. Like a lot of our listeners and a lot of our friends podcast listeners, kind of this crowd we've created, people who kind of feel in the middle of it all. Like Right. I don't want to be overtly spiritual. I don't want to go watch God's Not Dead 2 in the theaters on opening day. Um <laughs> I hope not. I'm sure it's trash. <laughs> and if you like that movie, whatever. Sorry. We're not we're not dogging on the movie. I know I'm just saying. But then there's like the other side that's commercialism, right? That we that we also can go like, uh, like I hate that part of the holiday, but I hate the like cheesy side of it. Like, you know what I mean? You kind of feel sort of fenced off on both sides. Yeah. 
What do you have to say about that? I, I just I like it seems like it has an agenda that is just not lined up with with my my current perspective. Okay, and that's what I want to say about Schultz. So I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I think Linus represents that part of Schultz that he wants to be like right. use this comic strip to like beat people with the gospel, but he's also got this Charlie Brown guy in him who's like this nerdy comic character and he's he's this nerdy guy that draws little drawings and doesn't feel like he has this voice to tell the world like you got to believe in Jesus. Right. So I think I, I think Schultz is sort of tortured, and I think he has to go sit down with Lucy and say, "Here's five cents." May I help you? <laughs> I'm in sad shape. Wait a minute. Before you begin, I must ask that you pay in advance. Five cents, please. So how do we, uh, people who are sort of uh, spiritually homeless, right, maintain a sense of spirituality over in Christmas holidays? Yeah. Kind of be here. Well, I don't. I, I find myself just less every every year less and less understanding how to just exist through these holiday seasons. Right. Well, I think I mean a lot of Christians who even evangelical Christians and the like do great things over the holidays, and I think it's motivated out of a sense of generosity and mercy. I think connecting to people is is the big thing because that's what this is about. You know, if if you're a Christian and you celebrate Christmas. Yeah, Jesus was people centered. Um, you know, I have like a scooter club, and these yeah. guys are like none of these guys are Christian, um, and many of them are atheists. But like every year at like Thanksgiving, they go and they feed kids and homeless people meals, and I'm like, that's yeah. how you engage with the holidays. You know, that's how you engage with Christmas. Go and 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 invest, and you know, if do a toy drive or or you know. Give out meals. I mean, that's the that's the better way to do it. If it is true that we're all spiritually wonderfully made, right? Right. Then our hearts are going to be moved when we do tap into that power of what it means to think of someone else besides yourself. Right. And that movie, that movie can be an inspiration, or joining that scooter club and giving some right food or backpacks to some kids, or yeah. And when you sincerely are saying happy holidays to the stranger. That is, you're in essence thinking about that person other than yourself. That's having empathy for them. You don't know. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times people's trolls pipe in and go, if we put Xmas, people are going to automatically assume we're trying to cut out. Uh, we're taking the Christ out of Christmas. I mean, I can understand the the concern, sort of. but but I'll, Well, it's a national holiday, so... But maybe their fear is eventually it's going to be not Christmas. It's going to be called something else because so many people are going to rise up and say, this offends me. Right. So let's change well, it from Christmas to to Festivus. Well, let's, yeah. Uh, th- even, a better, even a better reason to not be offensive about your defending this war on Christmas. Right. Reach out and, and include people. That's all that's Well, if anything, you know, don't don't offend people. If you be offensive, people will be like this offends me. <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking about Charlie Brown. I, I keep coming back to Charlie Brown. I really want to make this work, okay. man, this idea. All right. Okay. I'm with you. So like according to a 2015 spiritual biography, Schultz's faith was very complex and personal, right? right. In, per, in in personal interviews, Schultz mentioned that Linus was his spiritual side. Um, but there were also other religious themes. But it goes on to say that uh, that some people described him as a secular humanist, right? Though he didn't know one way or another, and he said, "I don't really go to church anymore." I guess you might say I've come around to secular humanism, an obligation I believe all humans have to others and the world we live in. And I think right. that's kind of what you're saying. And I know that that's that's 
all the flares of the, uh, the conservative folks listening right now are going off like secular humanism. Yeah, how dangerous! And I know you and I don't, we don't freak out when we hear words like that. But I think no, if the entire world was sec- were secular hu- practicing secular humanists, there would be no wars. <laughs> we would have world peace. So I'm cool with that. That's true. I'm cool with kids not dying in Aleppo. I'm really good with that. So let's just, you know, we can just propagate that message. Everyone always wonders, when do you say something? When do you pipe in? When does Linus and say, hey, here is what Christmas is all about? So when does that happen, Matt? Like, when do you say something? What do you mean? When, when, do, I, when do you p- pipe in and talk about the heart of the message? Like, if I'm a conservative person listening to this podcast, right. like, and after that, what I just said, I go, man, this is lame. Like, they're just saying you just kind of take a passive role in life. You never speak up. You never defend your faith. No. You never push out and say, no, this is what I actually believe. Well, you defend your faith with love, not with aggression and taking these dramatic stands against people. I mean, like the message of Jesus was like, go and eat with people who are different than you. You know, that's the gospel, the good news for all. It's not just for the religious elite. Um, So you, you have a choice. You can place yourself in that story in the gospels be like, am I being the Pharisee or the religious elite saying these people aren't uh, clean or these people aren't worthy of a rabbi sitting down, mm. you know, for for a meal with them? Mm-hmm. Or, or am I going to place myself in the shoes of the rabbi and say, I'm going to go in and eat with these people who are very different yeah. than me, who have very different beliefs and befriend them? And that is, I think, that's how you stand up for your faith. It's 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 by love. It's by showing love to people who are different than you. And I think that speaks yeah. so much more than kind of standing on the sidelines and going, "Who is this man who eats with sinners?" You know, that's not <laughs> obviously that 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 didn't work out so well for those uh, those folks. Well, yeah, it's it's weird how people can read the story and everyone gets comes to a different conclusion, right? Um, of of the different type of person that we ought to be because we read the story and come to our own conclusions. But maybe maybe something that's, that has always been hard for you and I, and I won't speak for you too much here, but is if we define Christmas as accepting a day and believing in a moment, as opposed to tapping into a sort of a, an energy, a, a lifestyle, right. then we're not as quick to defend something because it's something that you can't, a day just doesn't encompass. Right. Right, you could live in a country like China where nobody's Christian, right? And yet, you could have so much "quote unquote" Jesus love flowing through you. Right. You don't believe in just accepting Christ; you believe in following a, a, a lifestyle, sort of. Right. I mean, this is the difference between um, the Jewish faith, faith and the Christian faith: is that the Jews focus on orthopraxy, which is the practice of your beliefs, more so than orthodoxy which is having correct belief, um, which uh, I think a lot of Western Christians uh, focus more on, especially in the Reformed groups and the smart, the smarty pants over there. Uh, <laughs> they focus more on orthodoxy. Get your head straight. 
wrap your mind around the correct theological principles and 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 less less about going out and and loving people which i mean jesus said the entire law and all the prophets hangs on this love your neighbor as yourself and if you don't practice that it's yeah. just nothing all of your righteousness is just all of your right belief all your orthodoxy is filthy rags really i'm i'm paraphrasing here and adding some other stuff in but that's kind of the, the that's the essential message and i think the jews um you know modern jews understand this more so than uh, a lot of western christians hmm. Hmm. i would say schultz kind of got this i think that's oh being a humanist understanding that like because a humanist is essentially a christian without the head belief on who jesus was yeah i'm i mean it's, it's an outward position of love and care for your neighbor i mean he says he says uh, humanism in his mind is an obligation i believe all humans have to others in the world we live in that is loving your neighbor that's a, that's the obligation i feel like the evolution of things i believe it has gotten to that point where if you keep pushing the boundaries of what Jesus says, eventually it's almost like you kind of find yourself a humanist. I don't know about secular, but at least a humanist where you kind of understand, like, I can't continue to believe some of these things I was told by some of these uh, these these groups that keep so many people out. I think right. you just have to sort of evolve to say, I might not completely understand this, Right. But it definitely includes everybody. Right. I don't know. Like, there's lots of things that I've read over the past that seem to contradict that. Sure. But the heart of the message says everybody. Well, I mean, so. you see P- Paul, the apostle, um, you know, the guy that wrote half the New Testament or whatever. You see how he's starting to sort this out as a religious Jew, understanding that, oh, we used to not mingle with Gentiles. Not anymore. He had this kind of this revelation of, like, we're all connected yeah, and we're all one, and that's what brought his message of love and redemption, the gospel message of of God's love for people to other places. And he would go to Greece, and he would look at them and say, "You're on the edge of understanding. God is close to you here." He say, "Your philosopher says this." He would quote their pagan philosophers. And say, yeah. you're like, you already, this is already apparent to you right now. Let me try to clarify what I've come to as far as you're close to God, too, which is way more expansive and inclusive than I think we've made it into. I'm saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. I think Paul was like, you know, they were struggling with, do we eat pork? And Paul's like, yeah, go. Do we circumcise? Nah, you don't need to. Like, he was, like, breaking, breaking yeah, all these laws yeah. and um, and saying, you know, there's freedom. Today's standards would be like, can I marry another male? Maybe. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's 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 debatable. I mean, it's debatable. What I'm saying is, like, it would be to them at that time oh. as offensive as somebody today saying that sentence. So offensive to tell Jews who had just converted to Christianity that their lifelong practice of abstaining and, and eating kosher was no longer relevant. I mean, that's a huge yeah. I- piece of their identity. And it must have been very, very hard for them to come to terms with that. And probably some of them said, nah, I'm just not going to do that. But Paul said, if you yeah. go to a Gentile's house and they they serve you pork or whatever, or unclean foods, eat with them. It's more important that you connect with those people than it is that you that you, that you uh, observe your your previous religious practices. It's more important. People I, are yeah. more important than this. So don't exclude and, people based on a difference of beliefs. Orthopraxy versus orthodoxy. And that Paul was onto that and, and progressed and moved this movement outside of the bounds of just the Jewish faith. And uh, yeah. at some point we bottled it and said, well, it's sealed, it's done, there's no more progression. And uh, and so we're going to start excluding people again. Wrapped it in plastic, printed it on DVD. Made it in China. <laughs> said, God's not dead too. Put it in Walmart. <laughs> and you have to push this on people. Yeah, I guess... I guess I keep going back to Schultz, but uh, Schultz had his demons. He uh, right. he had an affair, had a second marriage uh, because he messed up his first one. Right. And his, and his ex-wife said, I think he was a deeply thoughtful and spiritual man, and his nickname was Sparky. Sparky was uh, not the sort of person who would say, oh, that's God's will. Right. Or, 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 God, will, or God will take care of it. Right. I, I think to him, it, that was an easy statement, something easy to say. He thought that God was a little bit more complicated, much more complicated. Right. But he would never tell people what to believe. Right. God was very important to him, but in a very deep and mysterious way. So that's... I love that. That's Schultz. It's not quite the epic story, but it's interesting that, you know, in this Christmas story, Linus, part of him says, here's the truth, and then part of him's just kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I get it. Right. You know? Yeah, the struggle with doubt is so important, and I think, you know, going back to my comparison with the Jews, there's the practice of Jewish Midrash, which is, you know, throughout history, they kept the writings and of the arguments of what the scriptures meant. And so they would huh. have, like, two different scholars, scribes, rabbis, making completely different, completely opposite arguments for what Ezekiel meant. Or what the prophet Elijah meant. Um, but, you know, what you're saying about Schultz is, you know, he never told people what to believe. And he believed uh, in God in a very deep and very mysterious way. And I think that might be the only possible way to believe in the mystery of life and, cre- and the creative force is, is to hold on to the mystery, huh. to hold your doubts and your certainties up at the same time and go, we can... We, we can create space for all of this. At the same time, we can have it. So whether or not you are doubting uh, your faith this Christmas, I think there's things that you can hold on to in practice that people around you matter. We can have empathy for those who, who have not. And um, and even through our doubt, you know, experience the goodness um, and the generosity and the mercy that um, that, that I think the holidays are all about that's good because i think that that encompasses who charlie brown is in yeah. a sense he he's sort of uncertain in a lot of ways but he's certain uh he, he he still wants to lead the baseball team but he doesn't know and in the christmas story he goes to lucy and gets advice and she says you know what you need to do something you need to you need to direct the christmas play <laughs> so 
so Charlie Brown becomes the director of the play, and that's when he gets more frustrated. And then he finally walks out, and then he looks at the stars, and he has this spiritual moment, and he hears Linus's voice, <laughs> and he's like, "Look at his guy," and it's like, re- it's like recounting the story of Christmas, and and I think that's Schultz is this Charlie Brown character struggling, like I I know what the message is, but I'm still. I'm still having a hard time really understanding this. And then everyone comes out and dresses up his little crappy tree into a good tree. Um, <laughs> a Christmas miracle. Linus is right. I won't let all this commercialism ruin my Christmas. I'll take this little tree home. So for what it's worth, I could be totally butchering Charles Schultz's interpretation of Charlie Brown. But there you have it, trolls. A Charlie Brown Christmas. Wonderful. Don't feed the trolls style. Wonderful. Well, you guys, um, we hope you all have a Merry Christmas. You can email us at don'temailthetrolls at gmail.com. Obviously, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit us up with your questions, comments. Um, you know, even if you think we're heretics, we like that, too. We, we accept it all. Yeah. So uh, we, we appreciate you guys listening this year. This is our first year of podcasting. Uh, if you are trying to make a New Year's resolution um, to maybe pay for some of the media you consume, that would be a generous gift. That would be a way to have empathy. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls. And maybe, you know, if we're, if we're putting out four or five hours of content a month, uh, maybe that's worth five bucks a month. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. If it's, you know, if you're trying to make a, make a change in your life, be more generous. We will uh, we'll be the re- the receptacle of that generosity, no problem. We'll be there to serve you in your attempt at generosity, right, Nate? Good grief! Boy, what a sound! How I love to hear that old money plink, that beautiful sound of cold hard cash, that beautiful beautiful sound, nickels nickels nickels, that beautiful sound of plinking nickels. Charlie Brown's uh, right, sister Bill. says, what seems to be your told trouble? Charlie, I'm writing Santa Claus a letter. I just want cold hard cash. <laughs> I have to play that clip at the end. That's what Christmas is about. <laughs> Nailed it. She's like, just, just skip it. Give me the money. Um, yeah. Have a good holidays, everyone. Yes. Good grief. Happy holidays. So politically correct. How have you been? Did you have a nice summer? How is your wife? I have been extra good this year. So I have a long list of presents that I want. Oh, brother. Please note the size and color of each item and send as many as possible. If it seems too complicated, make it easy on yourself. Just send money. How about tens and twenties? Tens and twenties? Oh, even my baby sister. All I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is my fair share.